Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. If it's your first time here, hey, my name is Lauren and this is Liam. Hello. And as per usual, we have a lot to talk about today. So first off, Star Trek Discovery has a new non-binary character and it's just, it's very modern and very progressive, very brave. And a UK court recently ruled that people children really under 16 years old cannot consent to puberty blockers good news there uh next some not so good news the san diego unified school district uh recently started forcing its teachers to attend white privilege training we have some excerpts of what they're being taught it's crazy stuff and finally we're going to be finishing off the episode with a little chat about the great reset specifically a uh, market watch publication is at the forefront of really just pushing the idea that capitalism must be reformed in light of i guess environmentalism and covid and just everything in in their opinion before we get to that though uh liam is back on the show uh he was gone for a little bit i saw a lot of conspiracies floating around comment oh, yeah. sections that we I were we were fighting um you weren't with the sh just a bunch of things but you are yeah i mean it has been it has been like a month or something like that it's yeah. been it's been a different reason every week i think that i've been mm -hmm. missing but um yeah, no, we've had some great, like, co-hosts in the interim. Yeah. And so. I think a lot of people don't realize that, like, 90% of Liam's work is not on camera. So every episode, he still has to upload and do, what is that, like, sales report thing? I don't even know half the stuff you do, which is amazing because it means I'm not having to do it. But, yeah, so he's still been working on the show, just not Yeah, yeah, no, I'm involved with every episode. And, yeah. But, yeah, I've been, I, I, I like to be behind the scenes, usually. Mm -hmm. So that, that works out for me. And so one of the weeks that you were gone, you were actually hunting with a traditional Native American storyteller. Would you care to... Native Canadian, Native actually, Canadian, yeah. that's true. We well, it's the continent of North, North America. Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, that's that's that was an interesting experience, I guess. I did tell people I would update them on that. They seemed interested on Twitter. So, um, yeah, we had a little hunting experience with a traditional storyteller. and um, Did he tell you stories? I don't even know what that he is. He actually, he didn't tell me any stories, <laughs> okay. but... Uh, it was a good time. I felt like I learned a lot. What was kind of cool, too, was rather than just hunting, because we didn't have much luck, unfortunately, um, he would go around and show me a little bit of uh, foraging techniques for um, flora, I guess. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of cool, getting to go around and looking at what kind of things you could harvest even at this time of year and, and you know, at that time, uh, mid-November. So yeah. uh, that was a good experience. He did bring back two partridges. Uh, so now I've been Googling A, partridge recipes, and also B, how to de-feather a partridge. Never yeah. done that before, yeah. so that's going to be fun. Yeah, so we've got something. Oh, and least. if you have any partridge recipes you would like to share, uh, send, that's a great send idea. them I, yeah. our way. Absolutely. Yeah. And even, yeah, we got. I, I was gifted some moose meat too. So if you have any ideas what to do pair with moose meat, that's a good one as well. Yeah. Do share. <laughs> For sure. All right, so let's get into Star Trek. Okay, so if you're not familiar with the whole Star Trek canon, Star Trek Discovery is a show that's currently being aired on, I think, CBS. And uh, it is... It's not been very well received among a lot of actual Star Trek fans, you know, people who are watching Next Generation and fa uh, fans of the, uh, I guess, original show. Uh, it's basically because it's very for lack of a better term, woke. I mean, for a long time, people who've watched Star Trek Discovery have said, oh, okay, so this is, you can tell they're pushing a political agenda. So much so that I actually have no interest in watching Star Trek Discovery, which is too bad because I'm a fan of sci-fi. And, you know, if it weren't for just knowing I would have politics shoved down my throat, I might be interested in it. But um, mm -hmm. recently it was revealed on social media to me, since I don't, again, watch the show, that uh, there is an actually non-binary character on Star Trek. So we have some stills here of how that scene played out. This 
character says, I've never felt like a she. I would prefer they or them from now on. And then you can see later, <laughs> they uh, they say, no, 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 let them sleep in reference to this character. So it's very modern. Yeah. It's very progressive. Uh, I just want to say- Very laudable. Very yeah. laudable, yeah. So I just want to say, I know that Star Trek, like a lot of, I mean, sci-fi shows have, has always kind of incorporated politics and morality into the storylines. But I feel like yeah. this is just so on the nose- like you're literally yeah. saying, I want to use they, them pronouns. Like that is such a 2020 specific thing. It's not even exploring the wider questions of what does it mean to be female? Yeah, what it's, does poor it mean to be? it's poor writing. It's poor writing. It's like literally, it would be like if, if someone on, on Star Trek also said like, oh yeah, you know, orange man bad and this one guy, you know, it's it's not layered. It's not nuanced. No. And, the, and they literally could have, like they got literal aliens on the same ship as them. Yeah. They could have, they could have done some kind of easy transition there. Like just talking with an alien about what it means to be. Gender in there yeah, right exactly so you could like that is literally me thinking about that for 10 seconds right and actually but they, they just came up with like a, here's a here's a nail and i have a hammer yeah if you've seen final space which is an animated series i quite enjoy um there actually is an alien character who like switches between genders because they're an alien and it's like weird and it's at least using the sci-fi i don't remember that it's in the season. It's in season two. You didn't. Oh, you didn't get okay. that didn't far. Didn't get that far. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so at least you could kind of utilize the whole sci-fi aspect to help this discussion sure. rather than just. I use they them pronouns, and also I like the the final. Still, they include their no no no. Let them sleep. I think to me that really just enforces how for a lot of people this whole pronoun issue is about control. I mean, they want to control how you refer to them when they're not even there or in the room or conscious. Which is really just the height of entitlement, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess that's a good point. It also makes her look a little bit lazy, which I like. <laughs> yes. Uh, they, actually, according to Star Trek. Uh, so we have actually more news about Star Trek. Apparently, there's also going to be a trans character in the show from now on. Before we get to that, though, I want to thank our sponsor, Headspace. And this is actually a product that I'm really excited to talk about because I've been using it for a while and now we're sponsored by them. Pretty cool. So life can be stressful even under the most normal circumstances, but 2020 has, I think, challenged even the strongest of us and you need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That is where Headspace comes in. So Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy to use app. Headspace is the only one of the meditation apps out there advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you if you need help falling asleep. Also, Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by, and for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. I'm someone who I struggle with a lot of anxiety, especially at nighttime. It's hard for me to get to sleep, and that is why I absolutely love how calming Headspace can be. It helps you take your mind off of everything that's been happening throughout the day and everything you need to do the next day, and really just focus on winding down for the evening. So Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime and anywhere, so you deserve to feel happier and headspace is meditation made simple also their interface super cute so go to headspace.com slash chen that's headspace.com slash chen for a free one month trial with access to headspace's full library of meditations for every situation this is the best deal offered right now we're so happy to bring it to you so again headspace.com slash chen today so they know our show sent you all right so 
we have this little press release from the actual Star Trek website and it says, Star Trek Discovery introduces first transgender and non-binary characters. I mean, I know there's a lot of people who are going to say like, oh, this isn't a move for publicity, blah, blah, blah. It's like you have a press release ready to go on your website and you're saying that this is just organic story writing. I don't think so, uh, but it says CBS All Access Viacom CBS's subscription video on demand and live streaming service today announced that season three of Star Trek Discovery will introduce the Star Trek franchise's first non-binary and transgender characters, furthering the Star Trek universe's ongoing commitment to Gene Roddenberry's original vision of celebrating diversity and inclusion. Again, like I, I'm not going to doubt that Star Trek has always been about diversity and inclusion. If you even look the original series, I know there's there was like an interracial kiss that really made a lot of headlines yeah, I remember in the day. That. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, like I feel like there was this focus on just general humanism back then and it's now become more and more political. I mean, like the, again, the whole they, them, like you said, it's just like nail on the head. It cannot be more explicit. It's not a mm -hmm. deeper question. It's not something that can be generalized. It's not even something that people outside of like coastal elite culture are going to understand, right? If you show this, yeah. this is not a universal thing. If you show this to someone, uh, for example, in China, they're not going to know what you're talking about. And to me, like, that's not good fiction if it can't be enjoyed by everybody. For me, one of the things that, I don't know, I find myself asking is, how do these corporations keep getting away with it? Like, this right. is CBS, I believe, in this yeah. case, right? But, I mean, like, the overwhelming majority of of large, you know, mega corporation, multinational corporations, even they do push this kind of message, at least right. to American and European audiences. Yeah. Um, like what what went wrong with our systems that allowed this to go into place? Like, the, I don't know. It, no, seriously. Well, like, I mean, people have started talking about it because I used to be someone who thought, OK, like ultimately, if your company green is the bottom line, you're not going to keep yeah, doing that, something that loses. Exactly. Money. Exactly. But we see in Hollywood, I think there are a lot of people where the message is more important. But I think, you know, the people who are investing aren't necessarily the people who are making these shows. So I think there is going to come a time where eventually the people who finance movies are going to say, you know what, you keep losing me money. I'm not going to do it. And all of these like artsy fartsy social justice progressive types, they're going to be really upset. Uh, but, you know, that's just the way it is. And I know there are going to be people saying, how can you criticize this show if you don't watch it? And it's like. Well, maybe that's the problem. Maybe I'm not watching it because of stuff like this. And Star Trek Discovery is not doing well. There was a lot of talk about how it might not even get renewed, uh, you know, for another season. The Star Trek franchise as a right. whole is is just in, in the garbage at the moment. But I it's mean, this like, literally might be a publicity stunt in order to save the series. Yeah, which is stupid because you're pandering to the very niche audience you've already cultivated. Like you should be trying to invite new viewers, not circle jerk for the like five people who are already watching your show i mean to that end though i was looking on social media there are a lot of you know the usual suspects who were very happy with this like oh that's amazing oh i have no doubt yeah how many of them actually watched this show <laughs> i don't know but uh i also actually want to say that i think we need to be careful when we like consume media that we don't kind of get swept up in all of the progressive hype and stop pointing out stuff like this because i know uh, after a certain point you might just say oh well that's normal who cares it's like well that's that's exactly what they're trying to get you to do it, to shift the overton window right uh mm -hmm. no it's 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 strange it's weird it's ham-fisted and i actually i'm gonna call out some of you right now and i've been thinking about this for a while so the haunting of hill house okay great series uh we watched it together really enjoyed it the last mm -hmm. episode was very 
I think it didn't end well, but overall. Yeah, I agree with that. It was, overall, a, it was a fun series, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's an anthology series. So the second season uh, features new storyline and everything, and it's titled The Haunting of Bly Manor. Now, we watched like one episode of that. Yeah. I was bored. I wasn't really interested in And uh, I ended up watching some spoiler-free reviews that said it wasn't good. So I was like, all right, I'll just look at the spoiler-filled reviews since I'm not going to watch it anyway. And uh, yeah, apparently it is a essentially like a woke romance. And I, I said as much on social media and I had all of these people saying, hang on, just because a show has a lesbian relationship doesn't mean it's woke. Just because a show has this interracial relationship doesn't make it woke. And it's like, what you need to understand about The Haunting of Bly Manor is that it is based on Turn of the Screw, right? Which is a, a classic piece of like horror literature. And trust me, it does not involve any of the like the wokeness that the series has, right? right? So I think what we're seeing now is like people don't even realize how media is changing because we're just so used to it. And I would for the most part agree just because there's an interracial relationship doesn't make it woke. I mean, you know, that's what we are. I don't think this is woke. But when you're actually going back and revising stories yeah. to insert that, that absolutely is woke. And I was kind of disappointed how few people were actually familiar with the original work and how it can had kind of been twisted into netflix to be something totally different that's yeah. my rant no i agree and it's i mean at the same time i do have to kind of throw you under the bus here because which i completely agree with everything you said and we did stop watching the series yes but lauren really loves movies and she will go to movies that are woke sometimes yeah but i'll still right? criticize it and i'll still know yeah, well, it's that also it's good woke. for reviews for work to yeah. be fair but at the same time my approach is, what should be everybody's approach at this point, is, you know, let people like Lauren sacrifice their free time and waste it watching these movies. Uh, and then the rest of us shouldn't watch them. Yes, we I... Should, we should not watch them. Like, it's, I agree, but he, he he takes things to a whole other level. <laughs> like, he's the type of person, like, he'll watch, like, Brother Bear and be like, oh, no, that's some hippie bear commune. Like, he is next level with that stuff. I'm, I'm more flexible. Well, listen... Yeah. I'm correct. That's what <laughs> okay. matters in this circumstance. It probably was. It probably is a commune. Yeah. Bear. I don't know, but I assume it is. And uh, therefore, we should not watch it. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I often see people asking, why doesn't Liam do movie reviews with you? It's because he doesn't watch the movie with me. Um, all right. But <laughs> it wouldn't be a good movie review if I was involved most of the time. Sometimes I think I'd be good, but you, I, I could get a good 30 second, like, grumpy section at the end. Maybe. Yeah. But that would be it. Yeah. The, the only movies I've ever really heard him speak positively about are from the 90s or like early 2000s. That's the golden age. Well, within my lifetime. Yeah. Or yeah. or A Quiet Place. He thought that was OK. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, that was OK. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, not the easiest one to watch movies with. All right. So next up, let's talk about a little bit of a white pill. Some good news coming out of the UK. Yeah. Congratulations, Brit. I feel like it's Brits. It's been a while since we had good news from across the pond. That's but right. a judge recently ruled puberty blockers under 16's, quote, unlikely to be able to give informed consent. So, you know, this relates to the whole idea of children transitioning. And we yeah. recently did a video about, what is it, transhood, that HBO documentary. And mm. a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, hormone blockers, puberty blockers, it's just temporary. You know, if a kid wants to later go through puberty, it'll be fine. There's nowhere near enough studies to say that that is correct. Like, yeah. not at all. Of course not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the idea that it's 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 just okay, it's something reversible. And it's like, look, I wouldn't even let like my 14 year old choose what haircut they have or what they would eat for, you know, meals and it's stuff. It's the bowl cut every time. Yeah. So <laughs> letting them go on puberty blockers 
I don't think so. So we're going to be getting into this article from BBC. Before we do, though, I would like to give a thank you to Lamps Plus. So Liam and I are kind of in the process of starting to plan out our furniture for our first home together, which is really, really exciting. And when it came to lighting, we, of course, went to Lamps Plus. It just, it makes sense. Lamps Plus is the nation's largest lighting retailer, so why would we go anywhere else? They have decades of experience, and they are so much more than Lamps, too. They have over 50,000 lighting and home furnishing products, everything from chandeliers and ceiling fans to lighting fixtures that illuminate your kitchen and bath to even a wide assortment of mirrors and bar stools. You'll even discover things like table lamps with built-in USB ports that can charge all your devices and indoor fountains that provide a soothing sound while you work to upgrade the home office. I swear the whole nightstand with the USB port, like once you get that, it's really hard to go back. Like it's, it's just a game changer. It's true. And they also have a ton of variety for every type of taste or style. I like to feel cozy. Liam, I'm learning, is more into the Gregorian monastery type. keep saying this. Uh, It's it's not true. But I will say... brown and bronze with him. No, that's fake. But I will say that these guys have a tremendous selection. And we were able to find, like, literally a list of things that we both like. And then we picked out from both of them. Yeah, So that was pretty cool. Yeah, their their variety is just shocking. Plus, as a family-owned business that wants to help you love your space, Lamps Plus carries the most top trusted brands, things like Sean Beck, a 150-year-old lighting company from right in the U.S. that specializes in handmade chandeliers and the world's finest crystals. A Sean Beck chandelier, Sean Beck chandelier is sure to add the glamorous flair of luxury you're looking for, that wow factor that impresses everyone who sees it. So I love what Lamps Plus has done for us and you will too. And right now, Lamps Plus is helping you create the perfect holiday at home to brighten and add comfort to your space during their holiday sale for limited time, you can save up to 50% on hundreds of lighting, furniture, and home decor designs by going to lampsplus.com slash Lauren. That's lampsplus.com slash Lauren to save up to 50% on select items. Again, that is lampsplus.com slash Lauren. So getting back to the BBC, they report that children under 16 with gender dysphoria are unlikely to be able to give informed consent to undergo treatment with puberty-blocking drugs. Three high court judges have ruled. The case was brought against Tavistock and Portman NHS Trust, which said it was disappointed but immediately suspended such referrals for under-16s. The NHS said it welcomed the clarity the ruling would bring. All right, so Tavis Talk and Portman NHS Trust, from what I understand, in the UK, there are several of these clinics that kind of um, are referred to or have patients refer to them who are underage and experiencing gender dysphoria. And they were, it seems, being a little bit willy-nilly on putting these young people on puberty blockers without really kind of giving the time to figure out what's happening, what is the root of this gender dysphoria, is transitioning the right. Like, they, they it seems like they were just, you know, popping yeah. them full of hormone blockers. Uh, one of the claimants uh, is actually someone who was given puberty blockers and then regretted it and uh, i would hate to be in that situation and i feel horrible for them oh absolutely i think they were failed by these doctors by the system and you know the idea that a 16 year old or you know anyone under is able to understand what the long-term consequences might be is able to really understand what they want as an adult it's just it's not true and that's why we have all these rules that say if you're 15 you can't get a tattoo if you're 15 you know you can't take out a loan it's because we like i mean kids their minds aren't fully developed and it's it's really sad and i think you know the longer 
time goes on, we're gonna have more and more of these people who are kind of coming out and detransitioning. One of the claimants, it says Kira Bell, said she was delighted by the judgment. Miss Bell, 23 from Cambridge, had been referred to the Tavistock Center, which runs the UK's only gender identity development service. All right, so there's only one, sorry. As a teenager and was prescribed puberty blockers, age 16. She argued the clinic should have challenged her more over her decision to transition to a male as a teenager. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. It seems you know, like a no-brainer to me. No, for sure. It says, in a ruling Dame Victoria Sharp, sitting with Lord Justice Lewis. Oh, they, the Brits, they're so with their titles. Okay, and Mrs. Justice Levin said- it I is, like it. I like that stuff personally. Yeah, you That's would, great. wouldn't you? Yeah. It is highly unlikely that a child aged 13 or under would be competent to give consent to the administration of purity blockers. It is doubtful that a child aged 14 or 15 could understand and weigh the long-term risks and consequences of the administration of purity blockers. They added, in respect of young persons aged 16 and over, the legal position is that there is a presumption that they have the ability to consent to medical treatment. Okay, so it seems like, you know, when when it comes to people who are 16, 17, 18, that they're saying, yeah, you can do that. I would even push back and say that is still too young. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, know, I, I agree. It should be minimum 18, probably yeah. even later if you were being realistic, but yeah. or think, unrealistic more yeah. like, but, but I 18 think minimum. The more that we learn about the development of the human brain, the more I think we understand that like it's not just that we baby kids and that they're irresponsible. It's like they actually are not mentally developed. They're not. And I'm not for, uh, you know, trying to pamper them too much or delay adulthood and responsibilities, but I'm also for recognizing the fact that young people make really bad decisions for a reason. Right. And mm -hmm. we can't just kind of will them into that development. It doesn't work like that. Continues, given the long term consequences of the clinical interventions at issue in this case, and given that the treatment is as yet innovative and experimental, I'm glad that they recognize that, that it yeah. is. Yeah. like experimental. We recognize that clinicians may well regard these as cases where the authorization of the court should be sought prior to commencing the clinical treatment. A second claimant, not only as Mrs. A, is the mother of a 15-year-old girl with autism who is awaiting treatment at the clinic. Speaking to the BBC, she said, my fear is it's not that she transitions, it that it's that she gets it wrong. She said it was frightening. There was so little exploration of why a child might be feeling they were the wrong sex before puberty blockers were given. Yeah. Terrifying. And I think, you know, a lot of parents right now, uh, if you do have a child and maybe they are experiencing what you think is, is gender dysphoria, I think there might be that that instinct to just trust the doctors, right? Trust this specialist that they know what they're talking about. But I think more and more we're, we're realizing that, mm, it's not that simple, right? It's so tough. It's so tough for me to say that, but I agree with you because like, I, I'm someone that definitely believes in authority and I think that a doctor will know more about the human body than, than the average person is. Yeah. But I also, we can just see looking at the trends through academia and, and yeah. in virtually every field that the knowledge upon which these doctors... Uh, degrees are now based on is is just being subverted yeah. on, on a theoretical level and the stuff that they're being passed down is no longer of the same high standard that it once was and so it's it's really tough you have to some things i think are still no-brainers if a doctor says okay this pill is good for you because blank they're probably like high blood pressure yeah, high cholesterol blood, of course that's of course. that's terrific but when these other things come in that are more involved particularly anything that involves a social issue yeah. That's when you have to get very um, skeptical and make your own decisions, I think. Right. And I think the, the entire field of psychology really oh, yeah. is at the forefront of this corruption, which is We're too almost bad. going back to like Freudian era level of psychology, right? Yeah. Like where it's like basically pseudoscience. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. Like we've, we, you know, psychology peaked. 
and now it's descending. Yeah, which is too bad because if we look at actual like um, quantifiable psychology, psychology can be, you know, as hard a science as any. And actually, Jordan Peterson, I really enjoy his work because he's like a psychologist who really does look at, uh, you know, at, at hard data, yeah. things like, you know, intelligence and actual studies and things like that to determine things about the human mind. But there are psychologists out there who it's really, I mean, it's just, it's a cover for advancing, you know, this neo-Marxism critical theory, yeah. which is too bad. And actually, if we look at the the gender breakdown of psychologists, I'm just mm. saying it is a overwhelmingly female dominated area. Yeah. Something like 80%. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think this really is kind of what's at the root of why we see so many, uh, you know, these, these doctors just writing off yep sounds good pump you full of yeah. purity blockers and actually in the future i wouldn't be surprised if we see something that amounts to almost a class action lawsuit against some doctor or another for being just a little bit too keen to make these children transition i hope so and, and i also want to say that i'm very happy when i see these kinds of victories and there they seem to be few and far between frankly yes. especially in the uk but um as someone living in canada right now um you know these laws in the uk while they probably don't set any real legal precedent for Canadians, we are a Commonwealth country and we do operate on a very similar legislative system. Yeah. So it, it does have some kind of, you know, it's in the minds of, of our politicians now. And, and never mind that, but just like, e even if I'm not in the UK, I still want British children oh, yeah, yeah. to have those protections. Like, of I course. still want them to be able to go to a doctor and have a doctor thoroughly vet them out, not be politically motivated and understand that this child should not be making decisions for themselves. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. But yeah. I just I think that this should be something that is adopted in all Western nations oh, at sure. the very least and probably further, frankly, like I said, at least 18. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I do. We don't want to get you guys too excited with all this good news. I do have like, actually, I just saw this before we started filming some bad news uh, from Australia. Trans teen taken into care after, quote, abusive parents refused to let him transition and live as a boy. This is the type yeah. of stuff that terrifies me. And this is, a, you know, we've done that in Canada as well. And, I, and there's been a few cases in the States where they've had some yes. stuff, too. Yeah, um, it's happening everywhere. And this is absolutely terrifying this and is the type of stuff that i would move for though like on, i'm being 100 yeah. percent serious we're, we're starting to start the herculean task of like okay where do we want to raise our kids and, and things like that and, and this i would move countries to avoid this i mean if if people think that they can come and take your child because you don't want to you know pump them full of puberty blockers and gender transition like no i'm sorry not acceptable particularly so. maybe like in a place where, like france where they're saying you might not even be allowed to homeschool your child anymore. yes like yeah there are places where you just need to get out of and um canada's fast becoming one of those australia that's a problem they've got some good things going on in australia but um uh, you don't want to see that happening no it's too bad and i just my heart goes out to those parents oh, and i, I hope they don't give yeah. up uh, fighting for their child uh all right so let's go on to something this is again i'm sorry more bad news but i just this is happening i feel we have a responsibility to let you know even if it's not the most fun to hear about um so a school district the san diego unified school district uh they began making their teachers take white privilege training and this is something that we're seeing really in so many different companies school districts colleges i mean it's it's really everywhere um you know Trump did put a stop to it at the federal level, saying you're not allowed to like teach critical race theory in you know federal uh, with federal funds. Uh, I think that's something that Biden has said that if he is inaugurated as president, he would roll back the clock on though. But anyway, so this is from 
San Diego. And we have this person on Twitter, Christopher F. Rufo, who's kind of laying this all out for us. Yeah. He says, the training begins with a land acknowledgement in which the teachers are asked to accept that they are colonizers living on stolen Native American land. Then they are told they will experience guilt, anger, apathy, and closed-mindedness because of their, quote, white fragility. Yeah, so it says, uh, and he has a little screenshot here, we acknowledge that we meet on stolen land taken from indigenous peoples. I am speaking to you from Kumbaye land. We must acknowledge the hidden history of violence against indigenous peoples in an effort to move toward justice. I'm actually, I am, I am uh, an indigenous person here in yeah. Canada. Um, Not like Elizabeth Warren, like he actually no, no, has no, a like, little card. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have status. Yeah. Um, I I have mixed feelings about this kind of thing. Like for me, like it's a total virtue signal to do what you do there. First, I want to acknowledge. I've know, seen that people send screenshots of like on, on Tinder. Yeah, the Tinder, I've yeah. seen that one. That's a oh good my one. Gosh. The guy opens up a Tinder conversation and he starts off by acknowledging that. Yeah, oh, that's like gross, slimy <laughs> oh, male feminism bias. Man, that's bad. That's bad. Um, so that's all virtue signaling. I do say that I have to acknowledge that if your government signed a treaty with another government in the past, it should be honored. Yeah. And if it's it, and it, in, in these cases, there are legitimate treaties that weren't honored. And then in that case, uh, the government to government situation they should they should figure that out for themselves mm -hmm. like there should be a new agreement that comes into place whatever that is um well that, actually and i agree with liam there i i'm someone who like i'm pro balkanization i've said it before on the show i'll say it again i think you know the the giant countries and federal governments of like especially the u.s and canada they're too bloated they can't represent all of their citizens so i think we should be breaking up and i i keep telling liam like we need to move to his reserve we get him put in as chief and then we can start annexing, you know, some neighboring land. And if the federal government in Canada says anything, we can say like, well, this is, you know, the cultural, you know, cultural practice. This is the way. This yeah. is the way. Uh, so back off, you white colonizers. Trudeau wouldn't say anything. He'd probably, uh, and then, you know, yeah, and then we can I, build I, a better society. It would That's be nice to build dream. a better society with, on sovereign land. <laughs> yes. However, everything we just said there is a complete joke. Just yeah, so you it, know. Um we can only aspire for these things. Yes. Um, so, yeah, let's keep going. It says norms of norms and agreements expect to experience discomfort, share the air, take space and leave space, be brave, speak your truth, listen to others. Oh, my gosh. Be explicit about race and racism. Avoid and point out coded language. I hate all of the stuff about like. Yeah. Well, they do this thing, too. They're talking about it in the first slide where they're like, because of your white fragility, you're going to feel like. You don't agree with this. Yeah. It's so they're trying to like it's a catch twenty two. Either I it's agree and I reasoning. right yeah. exactly. It's it's completely ridiculous. And if someone showed me this stuff, honestly, like I, there's no point in intellectually debating them. It's no. this is pseudo intellectualism one hundred and one. Yeah. And they're just interested in um, controlling you. Really, is what it is. So to me, there's no there's like you just get up. You know, if you want to say something, uh, you know, use some use some strong language. Go ahead yeah. and then leave. Yeah. Cuz there there's no other there's no other you just can't there's no there's no other discussion to be had. We're at that point. This is being talked about. There's nothing positive that you could say that will actually be constructive for anybody there. Well, for sure, and you can tell that they're not looking for a conversation just no. looking at this. It says emotions, racial stress that are stirred when making white people consider racial realities. Yeah. It's it's not a racial reality though. Like they, they are pushing propaganda. This is yeah. uh ideologues snake speaking. oil salesman no for sure but they're they're not even willing to accept that yeah they say guilt anger apathy frustration closed-mindedness and defensiveness it's ridiculous uh we have uh, oh i also want to say 
uh, this is going to sound, uh, I don't know, but the truth is, the only people in the world that have actually um, embraced like a very anti-racism stance in modern history are pretty much Europeans living in the West. Yeah. They're the only group, even if you look at white progressives, they're the only group with a negative in-group preference, statistically speaking. Yeah. So the opposite is actually true. When confronting racial stress, it seems like white people are way more likely to not get defensive about it. Yeah. But now that they are, so that, that's a telling sign that you're probably you're probably just full of uh, hot air. Yeah, essentially. Um, so we have more of this garbage to sort through. First, though, this is some lighter news. Let's talk about Quip. So you know Quip by now. We've talked about it many times. The electric toothbrush you hear about, uh, it's their sleek, reusable floss pick that you're gonna wanna use next. So the durable handle is easy to guide, restrings with a click, and comes with a compact mirror dispensing case for on the go, plus a single refill pod replaces over 180 single-use plastic flossers, so it's better for your teeth and the environment. You know, like those little like plastic things, they're so wasteful. But if you're not a pick person, Quip also has refillable floss strings that expands to clean. So pair your floss with the perfect electric toothbrush for adults and kids. Quip has these simple guiding features you need, like timed sonic vibrations with guiding pulses, which help you brush better. You can personalize your routine with over nine premium brush colors, plus anti-cavity toothpaste for every taste in mint and watermelon. Plus, you can now get amazing rewards just for brushing your teeth every day. The Quip Smart Electric Toothbrushes connect to the free Quip app, so you can earn amazing rewards like free products and discounts as you track and coach better oral health habits two minutes, twice a day. I mean, as an adult, does anyone ever give you a reward for brushing your teeth? Probably not. Turn to quips. And uh, they also, by the way, deliver brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills every three months from $5. Shipping is free so you can save money and skip the store. Bring delight to your everyday brushing and join the over 5 million mouths brushing with Quip starting at just $25. So back to what Christopher tells us. He says, after watching clips of Robin D'Angelo and Imran Kendi, the trainers tell the teachers, you are racist. You are upholding racist ideas, structures, and policies. And that must commit to becoming anti-racist in the classroom they must submit to the new racial orthodoxy yeah it just says here you are racist and then how would this make you feel this really is like a religion now and it's like Mm -hmm. this is like the mea culpa you have to recognize your own sin as a white person i'm happy to let them do that if they if you want to go ahead and admit to all this stuff that's fine but you're also my political enemy so i'm happy that you are ceding this ground to me but it's it's frustrating because You know, if someone does say, hang on, no, I'm not racist, they interpret that, like you said, as just a confirmation that they are racist. So it's it's an unfalsifiable kind of position. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, like I said earlier, there's no, there's nothing you could say here. Yeah. Like there isn't anything you can say. There are some games that you can play uh, if you follow James Lindsay on on uh, Twitter. He's a great follow. He's a great follow. Yeah. Christopher Rufel, who we got this thread from, is also very good. He covers a lot of this stuff um, as well. But you can you can use their own logic against them if you feel like it. Uh, James Lindsay's website, New Discourses, that's a great one to go to learn about the stuff a little bit. So you can be better prepared if you do want to engage in discussions with these people. Yeah. That being said, um, I don't know if I want to say I don't recommend it, but they might not be fruitful. So you have to be really well prepared. Yeah, especially. And this is such a hard position that a lot of people are being put into because if you have to do this as part of your job, 
it, you know, it's it's hard. You have to measure like, well, do you, is it worth pushing back and maybe making people, including perhaps your boss and HR, uncomfortable? Uh, is yeah. this going to alienate your employers? Like, are you going to potentially put your your job at risk? Or, you know, if you're a student, a lot of students are afraid are afraid to speak up because they don't want to be penalized by their professors or their yeah. teachers for having a different opinion. And it's like they're yeah. holding people hostage. Absolutely. It's disgusting. And the truth is you're going to find this, this stuff is, as it's growing in popularity yeah. because it's being astroturfed so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to encounter it more and more. It's going to be it's going to be in your homes. You know, when you're having uh, family meetings uh, yes. during the holidays, you know, your niece, your your, your cousin, your aunt, your, your, your brother, whatever up, yeah. it could be. Uh, they're going to be bringing this up. So, yeah, you have to you have to be prepared. It used to be like the the, the, the stereotype was like the the Republican um, uncle would be like this this brute at the at these family dinners. But really now it's going to be that the, the the wannabe tyrant there. Yeah, the blue haired, the uh, black rimmed glasses wear, wearing uh, like college student. Who's yeah, gonna be exactly. Insufferable to be around. All right, so we got another post here. It says the teachers are told that they are part of an oppressive white power structure. The trainers claim that white people in America hold most of the power and that white teachers have an ability to thrive that is being preserved at every level of power. This is from the actual content. It says white privilege and culture. Since white people in America hold most of the political institutions and economic power, they receive advantages that non-white groups do not. The idea of white privilege is just, it's such a such a meme at this point. And, you know, they, they never really provide coherent data that takes into account things like individual choices and, and you know, different behaviors, yeah, yeah. right? It's just looking like it's the most surface level statistical interpretation you could possibly imagine, like with absolutely uh, no confounding variables. It's just like, oh, white people are doing better. Therefore, you have privilege. It's like, okay, come on. It says white culture and white radic- racialized identity refer to the way that white people, their customs, culture, and beliefs operate as the standard by which all other groups are compared. But it's like... <laughs> You're you're in a country that is mostly white people. Yeah. Like I don't know I don't know what you what what else you expect. And not to mention that when white people do try to experience non-white cultures, they get blamed for cultural appropriation. Mm. So it's like literally as a white person, just sit down, shut up, don't do anything. But even silence is violence. So I don't I don't know. <laughs> okay. It also says white privilege, my ability to thrive, not just survive in this country is being preserved at every level of power without me having to do anything at all. Okay. Unless you are someone like Robin D'Angelo, no, your 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 position of power is not being preserved at every level by like this type of institutional advantage. Yeah. All right. If you're the Absolutely average. Not. The, the opposite's true, in fact. If you look at uh White males in particular, it seems that this is going to be the first generation in recent history that the, the sons will be less prosperous than their fathers. Yeah. it's I, I know so many people that are, are struggling right now to find jobs and what was theoretically something we don't have to work for. Meanwhile, we, could, we can all easily imagine a ton of people that we know that work like crazy and might not even get to see many rewards for it. Mm-hmm, definitely. It says, finally, teachers are told they must become anti-racist activists. We did a we did actually a couple episodes talking about anti-racism. Yeah. They must confront and examine their white privilege, acknowledge when they feel white fragility, and teach others to see their privilege. They must turn their schools into activist organizations, homeschool your children, homeschool or private school. And I know like both of those options are hard, but like I, I it's at a point now where like if you can't homeschool you can't afford private school honestly i would 
move based on school district. Like if if yeah. I found out that my local school was teaching this kind of crap, I would pack up and say leave. Right. It's not it's not worth your child being exposed to such a toxic cult ideology. It's it's mm-hmm. just not worth it. Um, you know, if you very few people, I think, who grow up with this type of mentality um, end up being like strong, hardworking people of like strong moral fiber. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Yeah. It says anti-racist, one who is supporting an anti-racist policy through their actions or expressing an anti-racist idea versus racist, one who is supporting a racist policy through their actions or inaction or expressing a racist idea. Like don't, it's, it's literally that you're with us or against us yeah. type of attitude. Absolutely. So what can you commit to? They ask the teachers, confront and examine your white privilege, acknowledge when you feel white fragility happening for you and slow down so you can listen, learn and act. Be active, give to the community, teach others to see their privilege. Ugh. read and educate yourself use your privilege examine norms and policies in your school and classroom yeah you know what's what's also interesting about this is not how it's just hurting teachers who might not want to say this and the children but it's actually it's it's influencing actual like school policies i recently read an article about how giving things like detention is actually racist because black people are more likely to get detention therefore uh schools should just not have detention which i mean i would have liked that (laughs) yeah he was a bad kid he got detention in high school i like i was shocked when i i thought you were a good kid when we first i was i was a good kid but she's she's got a different idea of what a good kid is Okay, I'm sorry. It is not hard to never get attention in school. I, I feel like most of our viewers disagree with that. No, it's not. You guys know. You know how it is. Yeah, it's okay. I have a bad boy here getting <laughs> detention and mouthing off to the yeah. teachers probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope our kids are, are more like me. I was an angel. But uh, yeah, so that's that's not helping the students, right? You know, if we're looking at kids who don't have any discipline at home, so they're acting out in school, the last thing they need is another place where they can get away with whatever they want because that is not how the real world works. You can't just do whatever and expect to keep your job. Uh, so this is actually harming the the students, the kids, the groups who I think these people like to pretend they're yeah. trying to help by reducing any standards of objectivity. I also feel horrible for the teachers that have to deal with that situation. Yeah. I've, I've been in classes where uh, the, the teacher does feel powerless and when the students get a whiff of that, uh, they quickly take advantage. They can advantage. smell fear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and, and it just becomes like, it just becomes a zoo, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it must be awful for the teacher in that, in that situation. And if you're not allowed to give detention, the, the students are going to, you know, they're going to take advantage of that. Yeah. Also, I just want to apologize. If I've been sniffling, it's because I'm kind of always sniffling. I just have like a yes, chronic runny nose. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, but on, I guess, the flip side of this, we have some better news coming out of the Southern Baptist Convention. So a lot of you have asked like what my denomination is because we've talked about how you're catholic uh i am baptist although we've we've kind of gone to non-denominational churches before but i feel like with non-denominational churches you get a lot of that like woke christianity sometimes yeah you can some are really biblical but you got to be careful you got to just screen it out and we've we have experience with that too yeah Uh, we've we've found a pretty good one i think but we have had ones in the past that were like okay this is uh yeah, this, is... this isn't for us. But at the same time, you know, that you could get the same thing in the Catholic Church. You could probably get it just about anywhere. It's about finding 
the right uh, pastor or priest and community around them. So we have this from Jamar Tisby. He's upset about this. I think this is great news. Uh, basically, it's talking about how at the Southern Baptist Convention, they discussed things like critical race theory, and they were like, no, thank you, not for us. So an excerpt from this piece that Jamar wrote, and he was very upset. He says, by highlighting critical race theory as particularly acute threats to Southern Baptist orthodoxy, the seminary presidents take aim at virtually anyone who advocates for racial justice beyond hugs, handshakes, and sim symbolic statements. So, and his whole article is about how Southern Baptists have chosen whiteness. So pretty much he's upset that they're not going to be, you know, like those United Methodists or whatever people getting down on their hands and knees and self-flagellating because they're white. Good on you, Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, he also says- I'm super happy to hear that, to be honest. I'm not Southern Baptist, but that's, we need to hear more of you that. You will be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he also writes, within the Southern Baptist Convention, a far-right group called the Conservative Baptist Network has formed in response to what it perceives as a liberal drift in the denomination. Yes, thank you. It cites critical race theory and intersectionality as particular threats. The network rejects worldly ideologies infiltrating the Southern Baptist Convention, including critical race theory, intersectionality, and other unbiblical agendas deceptively labeled as social justice. Music to my ears, well done Absolutely. well done um yeah and it's just we we have to take the the good where we get it because there's there's not that that many inspiring stories but i i was really happy to read that all right so now let's talk about something that's a little bit controversial unlike the rest of these segments i guess but uh that is the great reset and i don't think it's something we've fully talked about before on the show not overtly. Well, I mean, up until up until recently, like that kind of talk was considered very conspiratorial. Yeah. But thankfully, some things have happened recently. The maths like are off. Totally off. Yeah. It's, it's really weird, frankly. And it's kind of scary, but at least I, I, we feel like we can discuss it and there's actual meat to point to. Um, of course, some people are going to still call you a conspiracy theorist, even though the, the previous day they were just advocating for the Great Reset openly. But, yeah, you know, exactly. it's, it, I think more people are kind of waking up to this. And so if you're if you're not familiar with what the Great Reset is, it's kind of the idea that there is a concerted effort by the globalist elites to revamp the world economy and political structures, uh, you know, using the crisis of COVID or environmentalism or whatever it may be to kind of more closely resemble this communist, uh, globalist, like utopia, authoritarian utopia. And, you know, for a long time, it's true, people have called that a conspiracy theory, but more and more we are seeing that, no, this is real. And actually we have a clip here of Justin Trudeau, prime minister of Canada, uh, kind of just like openly talking about how yeah. COVID is kind of a, it's a situation where you can take advantage of it and have this little reset. We have a clip here. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. This is our chance to accelerate our pre-pandemic efforts to reimagine economic systems that actually address global challenges like extreme poverty, inequality, and climate change. And then of course, literally the day after, whenever it was that people started reporting on that clip, Justin Trudeau turns around and says, oh, what great reset, that's a conspiracy theory. It's like, from your own mouth. Right. You yeah. were talking about my boy. It. Justin isn't very smart. No, and, you know, I was super, super depressed when this guy got yeah. uh, reelected. That was a black but, pill. but it's also great because I don't I don't think he's a smart man. And him saying things like this openly, like he and he does this kind of thing fairly regularly he where he just like, he says the quiet part out loud. Yeah, exactly. So I, I do thank him for that because it really lends some credibility to this. The 
people that are wary of of globalism. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. And I mean, it's not just Justin Trudeau. Even before, if we look at things like Extinction Rebellion and just the whole idea with the Green New Deal, there are people, uh, you know, kind of authoritarian socialists who are just waiting to use any type of crisis, whether that's environmentalism now, it, it's COVID or whatever, a recession, in order to overhaul the entire, I guess, structure of how Western countries operate. It's They're yeah. talking about the economy. They're talking about, uh, you know, policy. They're talking about just politics in general and how we live our day-to-day -day lives. Uh, and actually, there was this piece from Market Watch that I thought just greatly encapsulated and displayed everything we're talking about. So it says, we need to act boldly now if we, to, uh, if we are to avoid economy-wide lockdowns to halt climate change. Again, they always use like, oh, it's this, uh, you know, this crisis. That's why we need to make all these changes. It kind of reminds me of, what is it? The Roman Republic, where you you seize power in a time of crisis. They yeah. just never give it back, which by the way, is exactly what's going to happen with all these liberties we're losing to COVID. Um, and I also thought it was ironic that this is from MarketWatch which is like, <laughs> you would assume that they would have some sort of fondness for markets, but apparently not. They're watching it in kind of like the way that a, a hunter watches spray. That's what <laughs> I'm getting from this. Uh, but it, it talks about how, you know, COVID lockdowns have been widely adopted across different countries. And now they're saying, well, you know, why not a climate lockdown? That's the premise of this piece. And it says under a climate lockdown, governments would limit private vehicle use, ban consumption of red meat and impose extreme energy saving measures while fossil fuel companies would have to stop drilling. To avoid such a scenario, we must overhaul our economic structures and do capitalism differently. So they're essentially presenting you with two choices. Either you give us a lot of control to restrict your everyday life, or you give us a lot of control to restrict your everyday life. I mean, that's those are kind of, or you die from climate change, I guess. That's that's what they're going to infer. Yeah. But yeah, and I, I was someone. I've taken classes on climate change. I've, you know, I've, I've done it all. I, and I'm someone that, you know, takes care of uh, my part for the environment at least, you know, to a reasonable level. Except, okay, listen, she's about to, she's about to start saying about how I always leave the water running. Okay, I leave the water running. I live in a water-rich area. This isn't L.A. And he also like he doesn't turn off the lights when he leaves, and he'll like leave the air conditioning on there are LEDs. when you're gone. Yeah, but still, you're supposed you're gonna be the father. That's your realm. No, you're the I one who has to be turning off not the lights. Inc they're not incandescent lights, Lauren. You still. could you could run LEDs. They're nothing. It's no problem. If I leave the room for a few minutes, it's not a big deal if I come back. The air conditioning that is a human necessity. You can't live without it. it. Like in the summer, you need it. So you come back in the house, you, you need some, sometimes it takes too long for the house to heat, to cool oh, down. And it's been known, warm it's been sure. known that it could be lethal. Even. <laughs> so those are, those are, I, I'm pretty good with that stuff. Yeah. But on a serious note, no, I do. We, we do both care for the environment. Yeah, we, don't, we try to do our part. Yeah. We, we always to... clean up after ourselves. We recycle. Yeah. We, you know, we, I, we don't drive very much either of us, you know, no. we, we do what we can because polluting, I think is, is, is wrong. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not a good thing. Right. Right. Well, regardless of how you feel about catastrophic climate change, do we have yeah. 10 years or 15 years or 20 years? It's still not good to pollute. We still want clean water, fresh air. Uh, you, something I'm more and more concerned about is the state of like the, the fisheries and things like that's something I actually, Absolutely. you know, when yeah. I shop for seafood, I'm concerned about. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, none of this is to say that the environment shouldn't matter or that COVID people shouldn't 
look after themselves, especially yeah. if they're immunocompromised. But it's, it's like, just that we're are... saying that we are wary of a power play yeah. by the same people that are that are advocating for exactly that for COVID. Yes, for sure. And and I think that's a very a legitimate concern. And I'm I'm happy to make certain amends, but I'm not happy to give them power mm-hmm. because I think they will abuse it. I, I think they absolutely will. And if you if you don't believe that, just look what's happening right now. People are being yeah. arrested for things uh, like opening their business, right? You have people being encouraged, neighbors being encouraged to rat out their neighbors who are having their family over. I mean, we yes. had we had a, one reporter from, I think, the CBC filming people going to church and, and trying to get the RCMP involved to, to rat on them. Like this is, I mean, it's Orwellian. It's nothing short of Orwellian. In fact, here in Quebec, they just recently announced that we're not going to be allowed to have families over for christmas yeah but they generously did say if you're living alone you could have one guest over nice so yeah it's uh it's clearly an abuse of power and and the same thing will happen for for climate change if you let it go that way Mm -hmm. so i i think that yeah don't be don't be a, an idiot. It's like, don't be just throwing trash and leaving it all over the place. See, Licking doorknobs, you know, on the flip side yeah, of that. Yeah, but I, I do see people leave trash everywhere when I'm out in the wild. And yeah, that, that, that's frustrating. That's really annoying. Um, and I try, we do try to like eat clean beef and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, there's stuff you could do, but you, we don't have to give them this kind of power. Yeah, you don't need to say like, oh, well, people are polluting. Might as well just embrace communism. Exactly. Uh, and actually, yeah, this article continues addressing this triple crisis. I think they're referring to a climate crisis, economic crisis, and public health crisis. It says require requires reorienting corporate governance, finance, policy, and energy systems toward a green economic transformation. To achieve this, three obstacles must be removed. Businesses that is a business that is shareholder driven instead of stakeholder driven finance that is used in inadequate and inappropriate ways and government that is based on outdated economic thinking and faulty assumptions. I was recently watching a video by Sargon of Akkad, Carl Benjamin, who has like this new uh, platform, the Lotus Eaters, and he was saying like, they're this the the great reset isn't a conspiracy theory. They're openly saying it. This is just a plan. Like, th- this is no. just a plan. There's no, like, tinfoil hat. They're pretty open about it. And actually, if you listen to people like AOC or go to Tinberg for any extended amount of time, you'll see this is exactly what they're advocating for. Like, it's not mm. it's not crazy. And anything from the UN is kind of in the same vein. Um, I think that's pretty much all we have to say for now. I'm going to say one last thing, and that is that I have to thank our more right-wing American viewers because... I think that America is probably the only country that has been able to kind of resist a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And it's probably thanks to you guys who frustrate me sometimes. But um, everything else... Why do they else... frustrate you? I know people are going to ask that, so I'm asking oh, that now. Well, because there's some major boomer mentality there at the same time. The boomer, yeah. There's there's some boomers there. But at the same time, uh, everything else has proven to be a slippery slope. Yeah. So... Uh, we have to uh, we have to definitely appreciate you. You guys have been right a lot of the time. Yeah, for sure. And even actually, Stephen Crowder, fellow Blaze host, he did a he did a segment talking about. I think it was specifically freedom of speech and like yeah. liberties. And it's how the rest of the world does look to the U.S. for stuff like that. Because you know, even in Canada, we don't have something like the Constitution where your rights are enshrined. All any Canadian right is like subject to the whims of the government, pretty much. Uh, which in practice means it's non-existent. So, you know, you really have to hold that line because, you know, we start thinking, well, okay, if something happens in Canada, which already is, well, we could, you know, go there. But it's like if the U.S., which I think is the Western country who's fighting back about uh, against this the most in addition to some Eastern European countries, like if, if you guys lose to these kind of neo-Marxists, what then? Like where's yeah. where what place is going to be like the shining city on a hill? 
I don't know. But on that cheery note, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next time.